This is Cliff Mass, and welcome to my weather podcast. Each week, I talk about current weather, provide a forecast for the weekend and beyond, and give you more details about an interesting weather phenomenon. It's Friday, March 25th, and let's talk about the weather. One thing you will notice is that the temperatures have increased lately. Highs are regularly getting into the upper 50s in western Washington and into the 60s in eastern Washington, and this is occurring as the sun is getting noticeably stronger. Daytime is now 12 and a half hours long in our region, and we are certainly in the brighter time of the year. The sun is not only higher in the sky midday, but it's much stronger. Midday, with clear skies, the sun provides about 800 watts, watts of unit energy per unit per square meter, compared to about 350 during the rare clear skies in December. So the sun is much, much stronger, and it's up there much longer. Soil temperatures are starting to warm finally which is of interest to some gardeners, um, in a number of locations in western Washington, eastern Washington, some have pushed up into the lower 50s in a few sunny locations. In the rest of the region, the soil temperatures are, are in the 40s, mid to upper 40s. Now today, Friday, will be relatively dry um, with some mixed sunshine, temperatures in the mid-50s in the western side of the state, and getting well into the 60s in the Columbia Basin. We're at that time of the year where eastern Washington now is really starting to warm up. Saturday will bring a weak front, and there'll be some light rain with it, but nothing significant. And it will certainly be a bit cooler with the front as well. Now, Sunday will be the best day of the weekend. It'll be generally dry, except for the northernmost portion of the state, which will be clipped by, by a weather system. Uh, highs will approach 60 in the west and will get up into the mid-70s in the Columbia Basin. So if you want to have some really summer-like temperatures, hit the Tri-Cities. It'll, it'll be warm there. The rest of the week will be quite unremarkable, very normal, with a few weak systems moving through, a few, few showers, uh, temperatures in the mid-50s in the west and 60s in the east. Enjoy the week. Thanks for listening. Weather doesn't end with the forecast. Now let's talk about the special weather topic of the week. How far into the future can we predict the weather with skill? Several people have asked me this question during the past few days. So folks are wondering about it. And the answer I will give you today is a very different answer than, than I would have provided 30 years ago. First, what do we mean by weather forecasting? By this, I mean the prediction of the specific three-dimensional state of the atmosphere at a certain time. That the high temperature will be 68 in Portland, or that a low center will be located near Chicago that kind of thing. Let's go back to ancient times, 1980. The key tool of weather prediction 
simulation of the weather with numerical models was still quite primitive. Limited by a lack of computer power, marginal understanding of some critical atmospheric processes, and poor observational data over the oceans and Arctic regions. Forecasts had some skill at that time, two to three days out, but quite frankly, not much longer. Here on the West Coast, forecasts were particularly poor because of the lack of observations over the vast Pacific Ocean upstream of us. Major storms, like the Columbus Day storm of 1962, could sneak up on the coast without warning. Now, you can't forecast the weather well if you don't have weather information in three dimensions around the entire planet. And you can't predict weather well if your computer models do not have the resolution to define critical weather features. But during the, the 1980s and 1990s, huge improvements were made. A constellation of weather satellites was launched that provided real-time, comprehensive weather data in three dimensions around the planet. Vastly increased computer resources allowed much more detailed weather predictions. Since higher resolution forecasts require much more computer power. To give you an idea, doubling the resolution of a computer forecast model demands eight times more computer power. And active research programs around the country, around the world really, provided a lot of knowledge about physical processes such as radiation, cloud physics, and more. And there is more. Increased computer power allows meteorologists to run forecasts many times, each slightly different, something called ensemble forecasts, which allows one to explore the uncertainty and reliability of forecasts, and even to compute probabilities of various weather features. As the improvements became operational during the 1990s, weather predictions rapidly improved, and that has continued to this day although progress has slowed a bit during the past five years. So how good are we now in weather prediction? Well, forecasts are truly excellent today, out to roughly three to four days. No longer can a major storm approach our coast unforecast. Skill is also quite good, not quite not as good as three or four days, but quite good out four to six days, and you can plan your life around it. But forecast skill fades, but is still useful into the second week, particularly days 6 to 8. And then it really fades out for days 9 to 12. Very little forecast skill exists beyond two weeks, something predicted by the famous MIT professor Ed Lorenz, the father of chaos theory back in the 1960s. But all hope is not lost beyond two weeks. Although we cannot predict the detailed state of the atmosphere at longer ranges, it does appear that there is some skill forecasting conditions averaged over time and space. For instance, that the Northwest will be cooler and wetter during the upcoming winter. The most potent tool for such extended prediction is the connection between El Nino and La Nina, which are related to the temperature of the tropical Pacific, and the conditions over the mid-latitudes. La Nina winters, in which the central and 
eastern tropical Pacific are colder than normal, tend to produce cool, wet, snowy winters in the northwest, but dry conditions over California. El Nino winters are just the opposite. El Nino and La Nina don't give perfect forecasts, not by far, but it's the best we have. The bottom line of all this is that weather prediction has become hugely more skillful over the past 30 years, and that skill saves many lives and promotes economic activity. And yes, most important of all, joking about the skill of meteorologists like myself is no longer appropriate. We're too good for that now. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Feel free to send me your questions or any topics you would like me to cover. This podcast will be available every Friday morning on my blog and major podcast platforms. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to use the Patreon link on my blog. See you next time.